Welcome to Silicon Valley Bite Size, an update on the tech sector from the Allianz Technology Trust. With me today is Walter Price, fund manager on the Trust. He'll be talking through the latest developments in the technology sector and how he's positioning the Trust to take advantage. Hi, Walter. Hi, Jerry. Great to see you. Um, perhaps we could talk a bit about the economic backdrop first. Um, are you optimistic we're on the path to recovery? Oh, yeah, I, I think the economy is recovering around the world, but uh, it's recovering at a uh, uh, fit, fits and stops um, because of the uh, rise of different strains of the virus and the slow rollout of vaccines around the world. So, you know, I, I think we were thinking it would be more of a V-type recovery. And I think, uh, you know, we started off with a, a nice V for March, and now we're running into I think a little bit of uh, uh, stabilization or stalling of the economy, uh, despite the uh, amount of fiscal stimulus that governments have put in. And therefore, uh, we think it's going to take longer than we had expected to get the economy back healthy. And do you think that monetary and fiscal policy will uh, remain accommodative? Um, I mean, and is that generally positive for the tech sector? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the new administration in the United States, for example, is uh, continuing to uh, put stimulus into the economy and provide uh, provide a safety net for people that aren't working. Um, and I think that that new uh, $1.9 billion um, uh, proposal will get passed in the next week or two. So that's going to continue to provide a nice safety net to the economy. Fiscal policy uh, is also being supplemented by uh, low interest rates from uh, monetary. So, um, you know, I, I think the the concern for the technology sector is that um, inflation is going to uh, rear its head as uh, the economy recovers. And we've already seen some shortages in semiconductors, for example, that have caused those prices to go up. You know, I, I think that uh, that may be true for the first six months of the recovery. You may see a little acceleration in uh, inflation as uh, you have to restart plants and you have to restart facilities and mines and so forth. But I think as we proceed through the recovery, that inflation will will uh, damp back down. And uh, with respect of the technology sector, I think the technology sector has uh, the ability to grow through this recovery and uh, continue to uh, do well in uh, both 21 and 22. And it's been it's been his green agenda that's very much captured the headlines. But are there any notable technology beneficiaries from the new Biden administration? Well, I think the Biden administration seems to be very serious about cybersecurity. Uh, they they uh, have in this uh, stimulus bill, they have uh, $9 billion uh, set aside for government agencies, uh, cybersecurity funding. Uh, so I think that's an area that looks like it's going to get more attention from the new administration. And I think they're also concerned about supply chain uh, security and therefore uh, there's talk about uh, funding uh, semiconductor plants or 
or manufacturing plants more broadly in the United States and giving tax credits and uh, uh, benefits to any infrastructure that's built in the United States. So I, I think, uh, you know, manufacturing, semiconductors, uh, those are areas in technology that are going to be benefited by the new administration. Um, we've just finished a, a, another earnings season. Um, could you talk us through some of the highlights from that? Anything that particularly stood out to you? Well, I, th I think the thing that stood out is that uh, most of the technology companies exceeded expectations. It was a very high percentage, uh, something like 90% of companies beat their, their forecasts. So uh, obviously the backdrop is very good for the technology companies uh, right now as the economy starts to recover and uh, we continue to have focus on digital programs from their customers. So, um, you know, I, I think the the thing that we were surprised a little bit about is that many of the stocks didn't react to the positive earnings. Uh, and I think that there's a concern, underlying concern about valuation of technology and valuation of the market in general. And so, you know, there seems to be some pause in the upward trend in many of these, uh, these technology companies. Is that something you're concerned about? Or, um, or, or do you think generally they, they're reflective of the improved growth trajectory for a lot of these stocks? I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about the growth rates of the companies. Uh, and I, I do think they're going to grow into their valuations. And, you know, I think that the, the growth will, uh, will win out, in, particularly after the recovery uh, is underway. I think many, many companies are going to go back to, um, you know, mediocre growth. Uh, and the technology sector is going to continue to have superior growth. So, you know, I think that the changes in the economy, whether it's e-commerce or digitalization, uh, favor the technology companies. So uh, in 21 and 22, uh, we look for high earnings growth from the sector. Um, I wonder if you could kind of differentiate a bit between, I mean, there's obviously a lot of technology companies that have seen really good earnings as a, as a result of the pandemic and the reliance on technology that's come with that. And, but there are, there are probably some areas as well where those inflated earnings may have kind of pulled forward demand and won't endure. Um, I wonder if you could just talk about who's on the enduring side and who's on the, you know, might revert side. Yeah, I, I think there's a little a little bit of a misconception about um, the beneficiaries of the pandemic in the, in the sense that people think that uh, exactly what you said, that they had some uh, superior growth and that they're going to fade as people go back to normal. And our view is that the, the way people buy things and the way people uh, uh, watch uh, programs and the way people uh, interact with their customers has changed permanently. And uh, the, what you've done is you brought forward the trend that was already underway, and therefore you're at a higher level of penetration of video conferencing or e-commerce or digitalization, but you're not, you're not saturated. You don't watch all of your media on the subscription over the top, over the internet yet. And you don't watch, you don't, uh, you know, companies haven't completed their digitalization process of moving 
uh, on-premise applications into the cloud. Uh, you know, there may be 20% of the way through that. So you, you've pulled forward the trend, you've, you've emphasized how important it is to get on these, these trends if you've, been, uh, if you've been stalling a little bit, but uh, I think the trends are intact and they're gonna continue for a long time. So, um, you know, I think that's the thing that people are missing about uh, these trends is that uh, they're enduring trends and the, the, the companies that are benefiting from these changes are gonna continue to benefit. Okay. Um, it was also a year in which you saw a lot of the big companies get, get even stronger. Um, now, the trust has a long-held preference for mid-caps. Uh, do, do you still believe that's the sweet spot for growth, or have you shifted your positioning at all? Well, I mean, there's certain big-cap stocks that we, we like and that are the largest positions in our portfolio, actually. But uh, we just don't feel comfortable having a you know a ten or twenty percent position in one uh, in one stock, uh, particularly if it's you know a trillion dollar market cap. Uh, we think it's very difficult for these large companies to grow of uh, uh, faster than low double digits, whereas many of the mid cap companies can grow at thirty to fifty percent a year for a long period of time. And so uh, you know our view is that you have a higher probability of uh, creating wealth for investors if you have a, a much higher growing company. So, you know, we don't dislike the, the, great, uh, the great technology companies, uh, but we just think it's harder to make money on them. And I think as they've grown larger, they've attracted the attention of governments and you're going to continue to see more regulation, more taxes, um, you know, and more constraints on their ability to make acquisitions. So I think these large companies are going to have more of their profits taken away by governments as they, as they go forward. Okay. I mean, on that thing, the, the risk of aggressive regulation against some of the technology giants appears to be mounting. I mean, I wonder if you can talk a bit more about whether that's a credible threat or whether these businesses will, um, will survive it and find a way through it. Well, there, there's, no, there's no doubt that they're great companies and they have great positions uh, in the market. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, if you look at the, the recent controversy over news, paying for news on Google or Facebook or Apple, you know, I think that rather than have your newspapers and your media companies all go away, some sort of partnership arrangement where you split revenues and you keep you keep the reporters and you keep the uh, information flowing from different sources uh, is something that uh, governments want to encourage. And uh, they want different points of view and they want uh, those, uh, those reporters to be compensated for their work. And so, you know, I think that balance, you know, again, that, that forces Google and Facebook and Apple to kind of split the revenues that they're getting from their subscribers uh, with the the sources of the information. And so, you know, I think that that's something that's going to continue to broaden uh, because these are, you know, these are very powerful portals uh, and governments are going to want to control, uh, want to control them and make sure that, um, you know, that they don't uh, use their monopoly power to uh, unfairly treat uh, the suppliers. Um 
Another big theme in recent years has been US-China relations and some of the reverberations of that's been felt in the tech sector. Um, it seems that the relationship isn't likely to thaw under it to any great extent under a Biden administration. Um, and there are some pressure points in the tech sector, such as 5G. Um, are there any areas you're watching closely or you see as particular risks? Well, I think that um, the Biden administration recognizes uh, that China is a long-term uh, adversary of the United States uh, from a political uh, and a sphere of influence. Uh, China wants to control everything around it. Um, and so, uh, you know, they're, they're very aggressively uh, asserting claims to oceans around China that far exceed the, the 14 mile limits that have been uh, traditionally recognized. And that applies to intellectual property. And so, you know, there's a recognition that the US didn't guard its intellectual property very carefully. Uh, they didn't take China seriously enough. And China has obtained a lot of that intellectual property by forcing anybody that wanted to do business in China to transfer that intellectual property to Chinese companies. And so, I think you're going to see a lot more focus on fair competition and fair um, uh, fair development uh, that I think is going to cause, uh, you know, almost uh, uh, a two separate universes: the universe associated with Chinese companies and the Chinese government, and uh, the Western companies and Western governments. And um, that means that the U.S. administration and the European administration can be very sensitive about giving access to China, uh, any of their uh, smaller companies, their intellectual property. So, uh, you know, they, they, you know, I think you're going to continue to see this wariness of China uh, and uh, regulation associated with providing them with a competitive advantage. Uh, uh, continue to be enforced and uh, tightened. Great. Okay. Let's uh, let's turn to the portfolio now. Um, is, are there any kind of major themes you'd highlight that are that are running through the portfolio today? Well, we continue to be uh, strong believers in this digital economy, um, and that is reflected in um, particularly in the cloud-based companies. Uh, we think that. As I said, the world's moving to the cloud uh, for many different reasons, and you're on you're kind of on phase one of that journey, which is uh, converting your on-premise applications to cloud applications. Uh, and I think, as I said, about twenty percent of that journey has been accomplished. So you have three or four more years of extremely high growth rates associated with. Uh, SaaS companies, uh, cloud infrastructure companies, um, and that represents you know thirty to forty percent of our portfolio. Um, you know, I think that uh, another uh, area is uh, cybersecurity. I think moving to the cloud requires uh, uh, you to boost your uh, cyber defenses because uh, you're working from anywhere now. Uh, you're 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 accessing maybe fifty different applications in the cloud, and so identity management, uh, security management of endpoints and, and uh, access uh, is is a very high growth area 
during this period of transition. And then, uh, you know, I think uh, with respect to the semi industry and the semi equipment companies, uh, you know, it's become increasingly important to the technology transition that's going on in so many industries, whether it's uh, e-commerce, you know, using robots to run or supplement your your distribution facility or, uh, you know, driverless vehicles to deliver goods um, or, uh, you know, you use about six times the number of semiconductors in an electric autonomous vehicle that you would use in a, a conventional car. So have very high growth rates for the semi-industry and, uh, you know, a more concentrated industry, which means that returns are improving, growth rates are improving, and, and those are all things that investors like. So I would say those themes are ones that are very, very, very strongly represented in the portfolio. And what about, I mean, you're, you're there in Silicon Valley, um, so you, you, you're sort of embedded in the industry. I mean, are there any emerging growth ideas that you've seen that are particularly exciting or that you're taking exposure to in the portfolio? Well, I, I think when we talk to the venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, uh, they see another wave of applications. Once you've moved your applications to the cloud, uh, they call that phase one of uh, the cloud. There's a there's a phase two of the cloud, which is applying intelligence to your applications. So, so there's a whole wave of smart applications coming uh, on top of uh, this after on top of this transition to the cloud. So. Once your data is in the cloud, you can start applying AI and machine learning and, and look at how to run your plant better, uh, how, to, how to duplicate your best operator or exceed your best operator and apply that to all of your plants, uh, you know, how to optimize your, your uh, warehouse uh, and so forth. So I think that um, you have a whole generation of smart applications and smart uh, use of data uh, that's coming on top of uh, this once you've made this transition to the cloud, which is why everybody has to move to the cloud. The, the ability to do that on premise that uh, machine learning and AI is is very limited. And so um, we think that that's the next wave of applications. And that's why we're enthusiastic about many of the companies that are building this this position as the infrastructure of the world for the next 10 years. Uh, you know, they're not just going to benefit from transitioning the old applications to their applications, but they're going to continue to get more value from those customers as they improve their applications. So they take over more of the uh, more of the media work uh, from uh, employees and let employees uh, do uh, more creative work. And so I think, uh, you know, there's a good long runway for these cloud companies to grow at, at very high rates. Great. Okay. And, and finally, just some thoughts on what are likely to be the big swing factors for technology this year. I mean, is it US-China relations? Is it interest rates? Is it economic recovery or all of the above? Well, I think interest rates is the thing that uh, we're focusing on and thinking a lot about right now. Um, you know, clearly you put a record amount of stimulus into the world economy, and a lot of that money is sitting in 
uh, you know, sitting in bank accounts uh, for the part of the population that does have a job. And so, um, you know, we're worried a little bit about uh, what's going to happen to that money. Is it going to cause uh, uh, continued speculation in the market that causes valuations to go up even more? Uh, you know, clearly, uh, I think if there's a risk of inflation improving or, or accelerating, uh, you probably don't want to be in fixed income alternatives. Uh, you want to be in inflation hedges. And I think as long as uh, as long as interest rates stay below 3%, which I think is very likely, uh, you want to be in stocks and you want to be in in uh, probably in growth stocks that can offset the uh, the impact of inflation. So uh, I, I guess we're worried more about stocks getting overvalued. Uh, we think they're, you know, most of them are appropriately valued. We worry that people are going to, uh, you know, offset their their risk of inflation by by buying more stocks and sending their valuations up even more. So I, I think that's the thing that we have an eye on is. Uh, we, we don't want uh, stocks to go up too much in, in 21 because uh, there could be a, a time of reckoning in 22. So that's that's the risk that we're worried about. Great. Okay. Thank you, Walter. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, you can find out more about the Trust on our website, www.alliancetechnologytrust.com. Until the next time.